Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh present Inside the Nest. A weekly look inside Kennesaw State football. Takes the snap and drops the throw. Here comes the pressure. Airs it far side. It is batted away and picked off in the end zone. The Owls have won it in overtime. Bust out the plank. It was Bryson Armstrong and the Owls in the wildest game in their history. Hold off the Jacksonville State Gamecocks 60-52. And now let's go inside the nest. Inside the Nest, presented by HelloFresh. Brian Giffen with Nathan McCreary. And here we sit at a rainy Fifth Third Bank Stadium, a little bit like last Saturday when the Owls defeated North Alabama 41-17. This week, though, week nine of the 2019 season, it's the Owls and Monmouth. Nathan, good to have you aboard as always. A little bit earlier in the year this time around, not for the conference title this time around, but the winner certainly positions themselves perhaps in the inside lane to go and win that title. Well, I think it was a big win uh, against North Alabama. Your team focused. That's a pretty good North Alabama team. I think they're going to be very good. It's going to be a fun rivalry as they join the Big South officially. But uh, you didn't look ahead. Monmouth is the big game, the the next big game you've got. And uh, you didn't look ahead. You took care of business. Monmouth is a great football team. No doubt. They have a lot of talent. Matter of fact, uh, just a couple days ago, their running back Pete Guerrero eclipsed 3,000 career yards, just the second player in Monmouth history to do that. So this is a good team. It's going to be an extremely difficult challenge. I'm glad Kennesaw State's facing them here at Fifth Third Bank Stadium, no doubt. And for what it's worth, we mentioned the fact that it is really coming down here, but the early forecast models for Saturday are for sunny and 60 degrees, and how nice would that be after the last two weeks between Presbyterian and last Saturday here? Well, it seems the October-November games haven't been particularly friendly the last couple years, and uh, Saturday was no exception, but uh, yeah, a nice break, a nice fall, crisp Fall afternoon would be very welcome. Dry afternoon, I should say. This is an Owls team now that, of course, has won six consecutive games since that overtime loss at Kent State. I think most of these players on the team, about everybody around the team, would tell you they should be sitting here undefeated. That doesn't matter, of course, but they are on a roll. And I think one of the things that really is worth paying attention to here, the last two weeks in almost identically sloppy, awful conditions, Mm -hmm. one of those games on the road, no turnovers. And while they did have some penalties the week before, they've actually been playing pretty well, and they've been playing well from the standpoint of the discipline stuff too. And that's critical as you get to this time of the year. No doubt, because you can the fatigue of just playing is setting in. But you also, that offensive line, each snap, I think you've seen them get a little bit better, a yeah. little bit better. You have seen some of those chop block calls. But I think fewer this year than we saw last year. And that was a veteran crew last year. So, yeah, th- this team's coming together. The depth was a huge question on Saturday because of the sickness and sure. a couple of players that were dinged up. It was nice to see Daniel David, I mean, really go into that fourth quarter. And he gave everything he had. I mean, everything he had. By the way, happy birthday to Tommy Bryant, whose birthday was this week, yeah. um, who was not able to play. And you got a chance to see Jonathan Murphy, who did some good things. You won't likely see him unless there's a collapse in the quarterback ranks. And But, yeah, it was good things done by Daniel David, good things done by the offense. He didn't turn the ball over. The defense got plank out again late. Uh, Markeith Montgomery's playing very, very, yes, at is. a very high level. Yeah, and he's playing very well, not only in the pass game, but, of course, the run game yeah. also. 
Here's what Coach Bohannon had to say about the North Alabama game. I thought offensively, really, you know, after the first series, we settled down and went to work and did some good things and were able to move the ball. You had some guys that maybe hadn't been playing as much that came in, I thought did some really good things. You know, you, Kevin Ficklin had some nice runs. I thought Adolu did a nice job blocking. There were some other guys involved as well. You know, Jonathan Murphy came in late in the game and did some good things. I think defensively, they threw the kitchen sink at us early. We got on our heels. We we're really playing on our heels. The good part is we settled down at halftime and came out and played much better in the second half and were able to shut them out and go do what we need to do to win the ball game. One of the things I think that stood out about this game for me, some of that depth that the Owls have on this roster that you don't hear a whole lot about. First of all, we all know about Kevin Ficklin, but right. really didn't get a lot of feature playing time, except last year maybe in some late-game blowout situations where you know, you're know you emptying the bench a little bit. Coach Bohannon, though, raved on and on about what a hard worker and what a hard practicer Kevin Ficklin is. Adolu Adelike, don't sleep on him either. This is a guy that not only is explosive and can run the ball – but he also is a solid blocker down the yeah. field, as we saw Saturday, which is such a critical component in this offense. You were without, of course, Isaac Foster, who will miss at least the minimum rest of the regular season, but you're without Antavius Greer also. Mm-hmm. And you didn't miss a beat against a pretty solid, maybe not quite FCS playoff level yet solid, but North Alabama is coming, and they're mm-hmm. going to be a force eventually. Yeah, and that transition period is kind of funny because you can have people on your roster at the Division Two level that you likely won't be able to have as you make the full transition. So some of those guys are, are really good athletes, but because of academics or whatever, may not have been able to make a roster somewhere. But I think you're right. Adeleke is it's kind of like a, a Darnell Holland kind of build. Yeah. Very quick, can get to the edge. Still very impressed with Bronson Recksteiner, what he's doing up the middle also. We're seeing some really good things. I do believe you still have to have a passing threat in the Kennesaw State offense. They had zero yards passing on Saturday against UNA. They didn't need them. I think as you play a Monmouth and Ian Campbell, who's playing extremely well, I think you're going to have to have that element in there somewhere to kind of keep the defense on edge. And we do know Daniel has the arm, and we have at times when necessary seen that the Owls do have capable of receivers. So I think that component is there. It's one of those where in this offensive system, why in the heck do you need to go to it if well, you don't need it? It was the first drive you had two passes that yeah. were dropped, right? That was a three and out by Kennesaw State and kind of, I thought, set the tone and gave UNA some confidence. That was after they drove down the field and scored on you. So, you know, I think that that's just an element that they've got to find a piece. Of course, Caleb O'Neill was out. I don't know the status of Pontrelli, but uh, he didn't play. Someone's going to have to step up, whether it's Antavius Greer, who was also out on Saturday, who caught the touchdown pass in Presbyterian. Someone's got to step up and catch a pass. And we did see the week before, and of course we know the backs can do it, we did see the week before Tommy Bryant threw Mm -hmm. the three touchdown passes. So the component is there, and the receivers, I think, are there, but we'll see when they need to use it. One of the things that they've done well, I think, in the previous meetings against Monmouth is – over time, and who knows how this year's team matches up against the Owls, but over time, I think athletically, the Owls have worn them down. Now, this is in the past, right? and I also have wondered at times, watching those games, if Monmouth's offensive and defensive linemen can run with the Owls. And I'm talking about not just starters, but too deep. Those are two right. critical elements, I think, to watch when you get into this ballgame Saturday. I think that Kennesaw State, that's their M.O. When you look at their time of possession, 
and you see Kennesaw State had the ball 35, 36 minutes per game, that's what they're doing. They're pounding at that yeah. defense for the most part, and you do wear down a defense. I thought it was obvious, on, and probably late in the third quarter, UNA was done. Their defense was yeah. absolutely worn out, and that's what Kennesaw State's offense is built to do. I think they're going to try and do the exact same thing. Monmouth is not going to be a pushover, but they know this is a very, very difficult offense to try and contain for 60 minutes, and that's what they're going to have to do. And it's one that, frankly, to this point anyway, and we'll get more into Monmouth into the latter segment of the Mm. program, but it's one to this point they haven't quite been able to contain. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We will have a spotlight segment coming up for you next. Right now, we take a timeout. You're listening to Inside the Nest. It's presented by HelloFresh. I'm Brian Giffen. He's Nathan McCreary. We're sitting here in the rain, although we're indoors. And we'll be back right after this timeout. You're listening to Kennesaw State University Football. If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh. Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest, off Busby Drive, across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's Barbecue, Owltown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks, and water will be available for sale. Owltown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game, fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. Shotgun Deaver, third and ten. Deaver takes the snap, drops to throw. Heavy rush comes. Deaver under pressure. Going to be slung to the ground back at the 30-yard line. It was Travis Bell, and it'll be fourth down as the Owls pass rush finding their way to Deaver now. Brandon Joseph here with Bronson, Rex Iron and Bronson. This is the first time I get a chance to interview you. Not the first member of your family I've gotten a chance to interview. I've talked to your dad and your uncle at your senior night in high school. And one thing that your uncle really said is they got to live their career, your dad and your uncle. And what's important for your cousins, you have young cousins, is they get to see you living out your dream and they get to watch you and you're an inspiration for them. So before we get into the X's and O's of football, just talk about what that means. Uh, It means a lot. Anytime I can be a role model for not just my family, but for anybody, it's a big deal. Because I know role models in my life have had a big impact on me so I think it's great you know I'm thankful I get the opportunity to play while they're still young enough to see me so you've earned a nickname on our radio broadcast of breakaway Bronson you get through that second level and you have the speed and I don't think people looking at you go man this guy's really quick but you are really that quick so just talk about bruising and then breaking away you can do that all well I mean it just goes to goes to what we do every day at practice fundamental drills you know we do drills to where 
we're getting hit constantly in the in the mesh, and, and then we do stuff where we burst after the play, and, and it's just everyday stuff, man. We, we, we do it repetitions after repetition after repetition, so it's just doing my job. A lot of times you're the first guy through, and I want to get a sense over the four quarters of football. Do you start to feel other defensive lines, whether a lot of them that you guys have faced have been a little undersized, do you start to feel them wearing out throughout the game? Is it something um, that you can tangibly see and feel? Well, I mean, when you're ahead and, you know, when you're up big and things like that, which we've been fortunate enough to, to be so far in a few games, you know, when you're up big, you can always kind of see when you take the will from them. But that's kind of tough to say. I mean, it's just kind of everybody's different, you know, so. Talk about how much you enjoy blocking, transitioning from coming in this program as a linebacker. We see you get some really gnarly blow-up blocks out on the edge. So just talk about how you approach blocking. I've talked to some of the linebackers on how they engage or just trying to run through people. Do you have that same mindset transitioning to the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I almost enjoy blocking more than I do running the ball because, you know, I enjoy the physicality and, and getting nasty and dirty in there blocking, and I enjoy that stuff. I enjoy the contact and you know, that toughness factor that you got to have to play two back. So it's right in my wheelhouse. I want to get into this Monmouth game this week. The last two years, it's been the de facto Big South Championship game. They're undefeated in conference play, just like you guys are. Just talk about the mindset approaching this game, knowing that they're trying to win something too. Right. Well, as everybody knows, Monmouth's a tough team, and we're aware of that. They're well coached. they got great players. Their running back's really good. I'm sure as, as many others are. So we just got to prepare to play our best ball and – you know, that's all we can do, and we got to do it out here at practice every day. So we got one more day out on the grass of preparation, and then we got a mental day, and we got to take advantage of those opportunities. I want to get to some of the other guys that get in that running back room, the Shacks, the TJs, uh, Kevin Ficklin. All you guys seem to root for each other, so I want you to talk about the guys in that room with you. Yeah, man, it's just being selfless, you know, because, man, I just – there's nothing more, like – solidifying than when when you when you're the lead block and it, it it opens up a big play for for the other guys you know that's like scoring a touchdown in my mind you know what I mean so when I'm blocking on the perimeter for those guys or you know wherever they're, they're getting the ball I'm the lead blocker for Daniel or for whoever like I said I enjoy that stuff man it's I love blocking for other guys and you know I'm sure they they have the same mindset blocking for me so awesome thank you so much for your time yeah, appreciate it all right, thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Bronson. And stay with us. When we come back, Nathan and I will preview the Monmouth game more in depth. And we remind you that Inside the Nest is brought to you by HelloFresh. Back after this timeout, you're listening to Kennesaw State University football. If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh. Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest, off Busby Drive, across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. 
Get there early because thanks to JD's Barbecue, Owltown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks, and water will be available for sale. Owltown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. Ficklin starts in motion, toss Ficklin coming right. Ficklin knifes into the open, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Kevin Ficklin. Bang, 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 touchdown Owls. Inside the Nest is presented by HelloFresh. Brian Giffen with Nathan McCreary. And now we turn our attention fully to this Monmouth game. As the Owls take on Monmouth, we want to remind you, of course, that that broadcast pregame show on radio here in the Atlanta area will begin at 1.30 p.m. and kick off between the Owls and Hawks to follow at about 2.05 or so. Same as it ever was, Nathan, the Owls have played Monmouth the last two years for the conference title. They beat them handily here two years ago. They beat them handily up there last year. Question becomes, and it doesn't matter if it's handily or not, can the Owls do it again this year? Yeah, Monmouth has not beaten Kennesaw State. They're 0-4 in their history. They're coming here. Coach Kevin Callahan is a guy I really like, does some good things, and has said some nice things about Kennesaw State football. One of the things is that he knows this is going to be very, very tough for his football program. The Owls... I hope that they're getting healthy, and not only because the flu bug that kind of swept through them last week, but just some of those nagging injuries. And if Kennesaw State is healthy, I think you're going to put together a full game and just build on what you did for UNA. I think it's going to be very tough for Monmouth to come in here and win. Well, here are Coach Bohannon's thoughts on Monmouth. They're a good football team, and Coach Callahan, credit to him, he's been the only coach in Monmouth football history. I think that speaks volumes about him and his staff. But they're really good. They're a really good football team, really, really good on offense. Really explosive, can hurt you in a myriad of different ways. Playing much better on defense, more cohesive, playing harder, tackling better, doing some good things. You know, so they're a good football team. We know that. We're going to have to be ready to play our best game, and that's been the goal we've had for the last several weeks is go put together four quarters of our best football. And really, that's the most important thing we can control. As Nathan mentioned a moment ago, if the Owls are healthy, well, according to Coach Bohannon, healthier than they've been in quite some time. Here are his comments on that. We're a lot better than we were a week ago. You know, Andrew Butcher should be back. He's been out for, I think, I don't even know, it's like six weeks. Kareem Taylor's been out a few weeks. He should be back. Tommy Bryant's healthy. There's some other guys that are healthy from the being sick. But we should be in a much better place as far as guys being healthy, which will help us. And, Nathan, the numbers speak for themselves. They have an explosive offensive team. It appears from everything you look at on their season to date that they're playing better defensively than they have in previous years. And you look over the course of their schedule. So, yeah, understandable they lost at Western Michigan to open the season. Another MAC opponent like Kent State was for the Owls, but a better one. And, of course, the loss at Montana, somewhat understandable, although Montana, one of those ranked behind Mm -hmm. the Owls in the standings, That's a road game, though, where they went all the way out there to play Montana. That's a very tough place to play. But I think one of the things that stands out for me when you look over their games, after they got past Wagner, which was right after their bye week, October the 5th, they beat Wagner 16-14. to And since then, once they got into 
conference play, 45-0 over Presbyterian, 49-28 over Gardner-Webb, and of course last week 35-13 over Charleston Southern. Point is, they're playing their best ball, having won four in a row as they come in here. Pretty dominant performances uh, against teams that they should beat. Yeah. Uh, 220 yards against Charleston Southern last week for Pete Guerrero. Kenji Bahar is the real deal. Um, he's, He's got over 2,600 yards of total offense, over 140-some rushes. I mean, he, he's a really, really good athlete. But do they have enough pieces around Guerrero and Bahar to make an impact offensively against this defense, which is so good for Kennesaw State? And, and we always talk about the spread option for the Owls. Most coaches will remind you that it's the defense that they're really concerned about. I don't know. I don't know what, obviously, the future holds. But I think that this is going to be a tough game. It's probably going to be the more tough games you've seen between these two opponents. I just think that Kennesaw State still has the edge because of how they're playing and continuing, like you said, to kind of clean up those little areas of mistakes and, and turnovers. They just hadn't had them the last couple of weeks. As I touched on back in the first segment of this podcast this week, the Owls have so many athletes top mm-hmm. to bottom. This is a roster that's built on speed. One of the things that has happened, and I touched on this again earlier, in these games head-to-head is that some of the up-front guys have had trouble over the course of a game right. running with the Owls. The other thing is, you know, the Monmouth defensive front, like a lot of defensive fronts, sooner or later you get into the third quarter, you get into the early fourth quarter, guys are really tired of getting their legs cut and the way that the Owls' blocking schemes operate. And it's going to be real interesting to see if, like they've done in the past, the Owls can simply out-athlete them and wear them down. This is a team for Monmouth that it's going to really going to be on the field. It's not going to be some of the turnovers. This is a Monmouth team that doesn't turn the ball over yeah. all that much. They have seven interceptions and just four fumbles on the season where they've forced ten. So I think that Kennesaw State's got to dot their I's and cross their T's and come out here and realize that this is not only your home turf, but if you pick up a win here, I think looking forward, Campbell Hampton and then Gardner-Webb, your path is being paid for that third Big South championship and into – the playoffs and Weber State has a very difficult game this week so if Weber State who's ahead of Kennesaw State in the standings is toppled then you're talking about coming into the playoffs at a one two or three seed in the country well you'd hope so but of course last year would tell you even though the Owls were ranked second for eight weeks going into that seeding process they wound up being the four which paired them squarely with South and North Dakota State but all of that stuff though I think more so this year particularly the next two to three weeks More so this year, you really can't afford to look beyond the game that's right right. in front of you because Campbell's playing great football, too. We'll worry about them next week, but this challenge right here, we know what this is, and we've seen this before, and this is a team Monmouth, too, that you know with Bahar, a fifth-year senior, and Guerrero, and some of these guys that have been around these, you know that it's been circled on their calendar probably the last two years since they've lost Mm -hmm. these conference title or de facto conference title games to the house. You know it's been circled on the calendar this game every year for them now for several years well what we saw charleston southern do celebrate in front of us at their home the first time and in here monmouth's had to do the same thing they've had to watch us 
celebrate on their home turf, and they want to avoid that again. Of course, they won't be celebrating, but they know that this is the game that you said they circled. I think this is the game that we've circled. This yeah. is a very good Monmouth team. The Big South, when you lose Liberty and you lose Coastal and Charleston Southern's down, these are the two teams right now you're going to compete. This is a playoff team from two seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah, they were in the playoffs. Yeah, they got, yeah they were playing team They were 17. one of the top three that were left out last That's right. year. That's right. So, again, good football program. Kennesaw State's got to take care of their business and do those things that, that we know they can do. Stay healthy, don't turn the ball over, and no silly penalties. I think one of the things that's really emerged for the Owls is the leadership of Daniel David. Daniel David, and Coach made this point a little while ago in his press conference, that one of the plays down the field that maybe some of us didn't notice because you're watching where the ball is and what's right. going on, some of those young players are watching, and Daniel David's down the field and puts a guy on the ground with a right? block. <laughs> and that tells you all you need to know. And Coach said that there was a point last year where he, they sat down and had a conversation, and Daniel took it upon himself, knowing Chandler Burks was moving on, to make this his team and to be the leader of this team. You complement that with guys mm-hmm. like Bryce and Armstrong, and now Andrew Butcher going to be back, Desmond Johnson, some of these guys on the other side of the ball, as young as the Owls as a core roster are, I think the leaders have done a great job shaping this team into what it is and how it's playing well, right now. Not only the, the seniors and leaders, but the coaching staff developing the culture of not letting up one bit. What I saw Daniel David do at the goal line, and he took a hit to the head oh, yeah. and was, I mean, the birdies were flying around his head. We could all see that. And then for him to gut through that, score a touchdown, and I saw him walking off the field, and we've talked about it's so much of an honor to be around these athletes and to see them give 100%. That guy had nothing left in the tank, nothing at all left in the tank, and uh, I think it was his final series, and I just sent him a little message saying, hey, man, that was awesome. We don't get to see that very often. You gave everything, and it means a lot. And he, he said thank you. And his mom followed me on, on Instagram, so I don't know what's going on there. But we appreciate these athletes so much, what they do on the field. And Daniel David, man's leading by example. You know, one of the things about this rivalry, and it's safe to say it has become one that I think is great, is the fact that the level of respect these two coaches have for each other it mirrors over a little bit to the way the players are, too. And that doesn't mean that there's not going to be some trash talked on the field. There may be a tweet here that I don't know. I mean, I think both these coaches do a pretty good job of keeping their guys in check in that yeah. regard. But, you know, when these games have ended, and they've ended in favor of the Owls, there's always been the classy exchange. You haven't seen any of the trash talk or any of the stuff we saw under the Jamie Chadwell years at yeah. Charleston Southern, be it here or down there the first two years of Kennesaw State football, there's been kind of a congratulatory, even a wish-you-well type of thing. Yeah. And I love that, man. I think that's I missing in sports these days. Well, I actually mentioned it on the TV broadcast on Saturday. The UNA players, probably because of the region, they know each other. Some of the, A lot of these guys yeah. played with each other. They were helping each other up. And I mean, if there was a big hit, you saw players pop up and smack the other guy on the shoulder pad saying, good hit on the opposing team. It was nice sportsmanship, but it was gritty football. To see that when you have that space between Monmouth and Kennesaw State, that's going to go down to your coach's culture. And I think Coach Bohannon has tremendous amount of respect for the game of football. His father had it. We've got a chance to spend time with his father. His father had tremendous amount of respect for the athletes and the game of football. And I think that's cultural here. I think it's cultural there. And it is nice to see, no doubt about it. 
Owls and Monmouth coming up here. A 2 o'clock kickoff at Fifth Third Bank Stadium on Saturday. If you can't make it out, you can catch us on radio at 1.30 p.m. Pre-game show time, that is. And 2 o'clock or so, the kickoff between the Owls and Monmouth. That'll be on 12.30 a.m., 106.3 FM, and, of course, you can get it on the TuneIn app or at wfom.radio.net. Nathan, lastly, I think last week's game with the illness and the injury, the combination of things that led to the Owls missing some 18 players for mm. the game, that speaks loudly for the value in some instances of that new four-game redshirt rule. You can preserve your future but not deplete your team today. And we saw some exciting depth that the Owls are built up and that is on the shelves here that yeah. we'll be talking about the next couple of years. Not only that, but Matt Olson stepped up and got the start. Sean Brown got the start on the offensive line. And players that we didn't get a chance to see start, you can all of a sudden see, go, wait a second, there's not much separating that second tier and that starting group, which is great because at this time, and you know this, depth when it gets into the playoffs can be tremendously important. All right, so last thing here, your keys to this one. For me, it's can Monmouth hold up athletically for four quarters? And in particular, big offensive line or not, can they hold up against that onslaught and that defensive front for the Owls that returns Andrew Butcher? Kareem Taylor mm-hmm. is going to be back in there also. All the speed. Bryson Armstrong quietly again having a terrific season, the reigning defensive player of the week. I sense no. In your opinion, can Monmouth hold up against him? You've got to pressure Bahar. You've got to put pressure on Bahar, make him uncomfortable in the pocket. If he takes off to run, you've got to be disciplined and contain those edges. If you can do that, and what, what there's nothing right now that we've seen this year that says Kennesaw State can't do that, I think Kennesaw State will win this football game. But UNA did something that we hadn't seen. They attacked the zone with those quick passes. Yeah. I think Monmouth may have a, have a trick or two in their pocket to try and do that. Some of those plays, and really it did come down a couple of trick plays, or that would have been a, a yeah, the big-time blowout. Yeah, I think Monmouth may have one or two of those in their back pocket. Well, and Coach Bohannon made that point a little bit ago. You know, it, it only makes you better mm-hmm. when you see those kind of things because it reminds you to stay at home, read your keys, and that's what defensive coaches will tell everybody all the time. I have a feeling that the Owls have that athletic advantage that they've had in the past because, A, you know what, the area from which they recruit is so much bigger. This is no slight whatsoever to the talent on Monmouth's roster. I think it's harder for them to build the kind of depth and the kind of speed team-wide across your roster than it is here at Kennesaw State. And I, just my own personal opinion, I think that's going to be the difference on Saturday, but that's why they play the games. Yeah, we know what the Kennesaw State offense can do. I think you're right. It's going to come down to Kennesaw State defense, Monmouth offense, who's going to win that battle. If Monmouth puts up 28, 30 points, I think you're in trouble. The other thing to think about there is the Owls are so good at limiting possessions for the opponent, so that's another one that's going to be a key, and that's where the Owls' defense comes into it. You get them off the field, and if your offense possesses the ball and puts together long drives the way that it does – then I think Monmouth's in trouble. So, you know, we're just going to have to find out. Again, one more time, and you'll be on television. You've been doing a great job over there all year. We will have it on radio, 1.30 pregame, 2 o'clock kickoff, 12.30 a.m., 106.3 FM here in the Atlanta area, and on the TuneIn app or online at WFOM. 
Radio.net. Thanks to Brandon Joseph for the spotlight segment. Thanks, Nathan, as always. We'll see you Saturday. I'm Brian Giffen. This has been Inside the Nest, presented by HelloFresh. And we will talk to you Saturday, everybody. Go out. Thank you for listening to Inside the Nest. And tune in all season long for insights and analysis on your 2019 Owls. Inside the Nest is a production of Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh.